I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon mascot. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome to the Escapist Comics Podcast. I'm Jessica Balboni. And I'm Robert Negoesco. And it's January 7th, 2022. We made it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think we're just one day off where we can't say Happy New Year anymore. (laughs) I think it's still new. It's pretty new. (laughs) It is still pretty new. But people get mad after you say it, like after a week. They're like, you no longer can say happy. (laughs) You can't be happy anymore. Well, I'm going to say it every episode now <laughs> through uh, October. Through October, October, then you'll quit. All right. Yeah. Then it'll be happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We're back to that again. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully 2022. T- also saying 2022 is hard, by the way. <laughs> Something it looks about nice. It. It's, it's, it's a good even number. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. But we know what happened with the last even number, so. Yeah, it was no good. (laughs) (laughs) Tire fire, still burning. Still burning. It's never going to stop. It's like Springfield. Yep, yep. (laughs) It's never going to end. The eternal fire. Well, hopefully this year we'll be better. We'll see. Yeah, (laughs) we got comics. Great year for comics. Yeah, we'll just live in fantasy land. Yeah. Um, so we are back. It's been a little bit. Sorry, everyone. The holidays are rough around the comic store, but it's doing great. Escape has had a really good December. So thank you everyone for shopping during the holidays. Uh, you made our world a little bit brighter. We appreciate it. Um, so lots of books came out. Everyone said it was a light week, but I had like a million comics this week. There was a ton of stuff. Um, and we are going to start with Swamp Thing. This actually came out last week, but it was Jeff Lemire and Doug Monkey. And so we decided to bring it on over this week. So it came out last year? Jeez. We're yeah, I know. Jesus. <laughs> this is old news. <laughs> yeah. Wait till they get to the vintage roundup. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll be doing a new segment now, the vintage roundup. We're going to start off with a a big one so stay tuned for that later on in the episode yeah Uh, do you want to go ahead with the synopsis for swamp thing yeah so this one's called swamp thing green hell gotta be a misfits reference right i'm into that (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm into that uh anyway this is from the dc comics uh website the earth is all but done the last remnants of humanity cling to a mountaintop island lost in endless flood water The parliaments of the green, the red, and the rot all agree. It's time to wipe the state slate clean and start the cycle of life over again. 
And to do so, they've united their powers to summon an avatar, one of the most horrific monsters to ever stalk the surface of this forsaken planet. Against a creature like that, there can be no fighting back, unless you have a soldier who understands the enemy, someone who has used its tactics before, someone like Alex Holland. Of course, it would help if Alex Holland hadn't been dead for decades. <laughs> decades. Yeah, so I wasn't sure when this took place. I guess it's after. It's obviously not canon because it's Black Label, right? Yeah. Um, many, many, many years after the regular DCU. We take it, right? Yeah. Um, Before we get into it, can I yeah. say big ups to DC continuously, whatever they're going to call it, Black Label it's still an Elseworlds tale in my mind. Right. Just big ups for allowing creators to like just do their own thing. And yes, look at this. No one's freaking out. No one's uh -huh. like, the continuity. What? <laughs> how, how does Catwoman Lonely City fit in with Green Hell? No one yeah. cares. No and one we cares. Don't need to. It's, yeah. it's great. So mm -hmm. good job, DC. Yes. Also, uh, I was shocked at how bloody this comic was <laughs> too <laughs> before we get into everything. It was great. Like yeah. just let, you know, Jeff Lemire go balls out and make like the scariest Swamp Thing horror comic ever. Uh, yeah. Was not oh, expecting that. <laughs> the art's awesome. It's super mm -hmm. like, there's some stuff where I'm like, this is metal. Yeah, oh, yeah. this comic's metal now. Yeah. And who's that, Doug? Doug Monkey. Yeah, Doug Monkey. I yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of his art, like because he does like really kind of horrific faces and stuff. And usually, like he does like Superman and Batman and all that. Uh, did a good good run on Green Lantern, but it, like they just look off a lot of the times. But it works perfect for something like this. Yeah, I was into it. I'm not familiar. I have. I mean, I've heard his name, but uh, I'm sure I've read some stuff. But yeah, this I yeah. was like super into it. But because it's monsters exactly you know? i'm in I'm totally in so yeah i mean so so also i'm not like i was never familiar with uh the new 52 like green swamp thing like it's like the green mana and the red mana and i'm like is this magic the gathering like where are we <laughs> uh, so i i think it gets into it a little bit i'm not sure in the alan moore stuff but uh, i did read animal man yeah. from the new 52 um and some of the swamp thing stuff mm -hmm. and so it's like animals are controlled by the red okay. you know the red is like right. like that sort of stuff the green controls the plant life mm -hmm. and then there's death itself which takes all mm -hmm. and those are the three sort of like realms so in the like in the comics i read animal man has to go into the red and like because the rot has infected it or whatever. Um, I don't think the rot factors into that, or maybe the rot are, I think they're avatars of death or something. Okay. So it's like the three realms of like life cycles. You like plant life, animal life, death. Right. Um, and they're normally at odds with one another, but it seems in this post-apocalyptic future where humans have just fucked everything. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're like, okay, we can get together on this and right. just eliminate humanity. Right. And that's why the Justice League Dark, I know that part at least, are all working together, right? And uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> You're I, like, I don't, I don't know. know about I don't know about the Justice League Dark. Uh, I mean, I'm interested. <laughs> I like the whole mythology and stuff, but yeah, I don't fully gr- know everything on my actually. Yeah, and th- it's like John Constantine, Zatanna, and Swamp Thing. I don't know. Like they head up the Justice League Dark, and they all have like the powers of that. Like Constantine does the dark mana or whatever. I don't know what Zatanna Probably. does, but <laughs> maybe they both do that. Yeah, I mean, they're magic. They're magic. And Dead Man's part of that, too, I think. Uh, so, yeah, we have, like, an island, right, in this one? And where humanity or some humans are hanging out during the post-apocalypse. Uh, father and daughter. I actually thought the father in this was going to be Swamp Thing. But then they started calling him Donald. And I was like, was that one of the Swamp Things at one point? Because there's been, what, six Swamp Things? Four Swamp Things? Something like that. I don't even know. I mean, he is a man made of of swampness. So. <laughs> made of swampness. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> well, there, I okay. So there's there's Alex, right? And then Alec. Al- <laughs> okay, we're gonna go through all the swamp things. <laughs> Alexander Olson, Alec Holland, Albert Hollerer, Tefe Holland, Alan Hallman, Aaron Halley. Hal Grace A.H. Rogers and Levy Kame. All those names are so similar. What? <laughs> well, that's what it says. <laughs> so, okay, this is the second Swamp Thing. Right. Alec Holland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about it. I didn't even know there were more, multiple Swamp Things. To be <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you what it says. But yeah, this is thing the- was the alternate Swamp Thing. We, we find out he's been uh, in, in hiding or just like de- dead in hiding or having a vacation for years. He's dead. He's he, dead. He, that's why, right. when he, spoiler, when spoiler. he comes back, mm-hmm. uh, he's mad that he was awoken because he was in like, you know, probably his, whatever his version of paradise or something right. is. And he was ripped away from that to... Uh, by John Constantine, a guy who's, you know, that guy's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> He's also very old. I didn't know Constantine could get old. He's always yeah. been the same age. I'm like. Yeah. They reference that. He's like, I still got it where it counts, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like an old grizzled Constantine. He's just been like oh, hanging yeah. out apparently in this lighthouse. Just smoking. smoking. Yeah, chain smoking <laughs> for God knows how long. Does it need to eat? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's got cigarettes. I remember uh, um, they they tried to do that Constantine show. Like, uh-oh. it was probably like 10 years ago now. After um, the movie, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think it was on ABC. And they decided that, because uh, it was on ABC, they didn't want him to smoke which is like part of his character, right? It was like a big thing. So he would have like a cigarette in his mouth, but then he would like never light it or they'd light it. And then like something would happen and he would like flick it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is to me seems the same thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like what? what's the point of that? Yeah. And like, everyone it's... got so mad about it because they're like, that's part of his thing. He has to smoke. Anyways, it didn't even last a season. Got canceled. Yeah. And then all you do is you have him cough all the time. Yeah. Like if you're trying to like be anti-smoking but have a smoking character, it's just like make him be like 
sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Like, yeah, like show that he's like going into he's gonna get cancer. I don't know, like, but he's yeah. a demon. Also, he's kind of bad. Like, who cares? I don't. Oh. Know. <laughs> I think they went so far when Lassie was when Lassie and the Flintstones were like cigarettes. Right. We, we got to go a little like that's a that's way far. We got to go the other way now. Like, wait, was Lassie smoking? <laughs> No, but there were ads <laughs> in Lassie for cigarettes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Luckily, I don't think that the she did. Mr. Ed might have, though. Who knows? Oh, yeah. That like poor peanut horse. Peanut butter and cigarettes. <laughs> That's how they got him to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, into green hell. Um, so they're like fishing. It seems like the last of humanity is like a, uh, a fishing community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're collecting things from the bottom of the ocean uh, that they can use, like, for resources and stuff. You know, he gives his friend a, uh, a sand wedge. You know, he's like, I'm a collector. <laughs> I liked that. I was like, this is a, yeah. that's a comic book thing. We wouldn't oh, yeah. collect comic books after. We'd be like, I need a full set of golf clubs. Right. <laughs> Vintage. Vintage. I keep them yeah, I'm going to send these to the CDC when they open up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they uh, make some vague references to the lighthouse. And he, the dad is like, don't go to the lighthouse. Um, it seems like his old, his friend, uh, I don't know anyone's name, George. <laughs> George. Sure. George. The old yeah. man is George. And he was telling his daughter about uh, the lighthouse. And he's like, we agreed. We don't talk about that, right. which all of this made me really think like something bad was in there. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, what? It's like, <laughs> like, they're like a very bad man. I was like, dark side? Like, yeah. who's there? Like, mm -hmm. what? Oh, it's John Constantine? Is he right. that bad? <laughs> yeah. He's like an asshole, but okay. Maybe Apocalypse. he did something. Someone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But then these like uh, raiders who live elsewhere show up and uh, they're like, we had an agreement. Uh, it's not the end of the month. And he's like, you made the agreement. We just let you go on thinking your little rules still mean something. Yeah. And then he headbutts him in the face and uh, kicks him in front of his daughter. And then they steal their food. Yep. Yeah. So they're basically just like pirates and raiders just stealing i mean just what would happen at in the end of the world situations just bad guys stealing stuff from good people yeah this is yeah. the biker gang from dawn of the dead right exactly. they're just on boats mm -hmm. or maybe this is the this is dennis hopper's dudes from water world <laughs> not this water, is world. water world this is a water world tie-in for sure <laughs> oh no <laughs> someone with gills is showing up later <laughs> And then meanwhile, uh, there's dead creatures or like seagulls or sea creatures. Um, and they're kind of telling us the story of the rot, right? Um, yeah, so there, I thought there was three voices, but there's like four and five. I get confused when it's like the, there's yeah. all these different word balloons talking. Um, mm -hmm. When the flies chime in, I'm like, I guess that's supposed to be the rot or death. Or, right. Yeah, because we have I'm, the red, the green, and then, yeah, the black. So that's probably the rot, I assume. Yeah, need more rot, need more decay, above mm -hmm. and below. This is the way. 
I guess death rhymes, but yes, <laughs> very poetic death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're they all agree to start the the slate clean, and we get a bunch of like that one page splash, or it's the three panels with like you see all three realms is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. All all the trees that are alive and like screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Pr- pretty scary, and they're the least scary of all three of them. But, uh, very evil dead it's like swamp thing mixed with evil dead yeah mixed evil. with uh wizard of oz sure <laughs> <laughs> give me back that apple yeah <gasps> um but yeah that's all that stuff's like pretty cool i mean obviously like we kind of hinted at that this issue shines when it's like the monsters and mm-hmm. when he's just noodling on these like creatures textures and stuff it looks super cool absolutely um and eventually we do get a giant monster uh who i thought was just like a a mean swamp thing or swamp thing like coming out of the the depths yeah so Um, did i yeah but i i guess it's just another another creature like swamp thing (laughs) i I think it's it's what we'll get there i have to look at it again but what i'm thinking now is that it's like it's the red the green and the rot creating something to end humanity together Mm -hmm. i don't know it did look mostly like swamp thing though yeah just with more tentacles (laughs) yeah um (laughs) and goes on a murder rampage (laughs) oh yes oh he does uh first the uh some of the people the the good people right they're mm-hmm. tired of being pushed around so yeah. they're like we're gonna take the fight to them mm-hmm. and uh our guy is like don't do this and then one of them shows off that he has a bunch of guns and knives and weapons right. um and i guess the bad guys live on an oil barge it looks like yeah it's pretty cool looking um yeah. out there and he's talking to his girlfriend, and then they they murder her uh, and everybody. Yeah. It looks yep. like. <laughs> yeah. um, but but the evil guy gets he falls in the ocean. The guy mm-hmm. who was uh, kicking our our main dude he falls in the ocean, and I think that's they use him to create the uh, to create the, the giant swamp thing monster thing. <laughs> thing yes yeah, whatever <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> it's a monstrous ev- we'll just call it evil swamp thing because that's what it looks like yeah. yeah yeah we'll use this guy to become our reckoning mm-hmm. it does say our swamp thing oh yeah well there you go <laughs> i forgot yeah <laughs> um but yeah he looks like i don't know a tentacled abomination swamp thing yeah still very cool he's got corpses flying around and severed mm-hmm. heads he's ex- Exploding branches through people's faces it's super metal yeah that's when i yeah this is what i was like it got really horrific really quick and i was like oh shit do you see <laughs> this is not what i was expecting and it's awesome yeah. uh there's a huge double page spread um where he just has like body parts hanging off of all of him um and yeah. it, was, it was pretty awesome uh, kind of reminds me of um, Steve Dillon art as well, like sure. creature back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah. How the how he draws the people with all the violence, I thought of like crossed or something. Even mm-hmm. like when you're seeing the corpses and stuff. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, it's similar to that too. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, wow. And then, you know, there's a lot of good, like the father and daughter stuff. That seems like, I mean, that's Jeff Lemire. Oh yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it, it's just, he puts it in here, but it, it works. And like, I guess there's retaliation coming and th- him and the daughter have like a plan. And he's like, we have to do it now. You got to go, go north or whatever. And she's like, I don't want to leave you. And he's like, if I'm not there by morning, you like never come back. Yeah. Never come back. Yeah. There's also um, to mention there's some kind of connection um, between him and the monster, I think, too, because he oh, almost yeah. gets killed, but the monster kind of like pulls back, doesn't go for him, um, so, where it's just murdering everybody else. He um, says it in briefly when he first shows up. Um, it seems like he's the, the little girl's uncle. He was her mom's brother. Right. But she she killed herself. Yeah. Uh, as the the bad guy who becomes the evil swamp thing says mm-hmm. she killed herself because she knew there was no future to this world. Right. Um, so maybe it doesn't kill him because I mean that's his like brother-in-law. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he doesn't seem very discerning on killing anybody else. <laughs> no. Uh, no. So I don't really know why. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but all in all, I thought this was a great first issue. Um, I think it's going to be three issues. Most of these have been three of three the oversized, books. yeah, swamp or just the oversized black label books in general. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised on how much I loved this, just because I'm not I haven't read a lot of Swamp Thing recently. Um, sure. And this, I mean, it's Jeff Lemire. Usually, I like most of his stuff in general, but. Yeah, I thought this was great. My favorite, actually, of the week, for sure. Uh, yeah, I would say so, for yeah. sure. Um, and I would also put out there, like, if you uh, were reading Immortal Hulk and you fallen off, mm-hmm. I mean, or, well, not well, fallen it's off. Over. It's, yeah. it's over. <laughs> That's what I meant. Uh, yeah. But, like, if you're missing your Immortal Hulk, this is probably going to be the closest thing. I mean, yes, it's DC, but it's, like, they are big, giant, green monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it is pretty cool. And like, you know, obviously Hulk, Immortal Hulk gets into that sort of all di- all different types. And uh, yeah, this seems like it's going to be a lot of monsters fighting. I mean, DC, I think, described it as a monster mash. So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up, though. I want a monster mash comic. <laughs> I give it a little more substance, but yes, <laughs> monster mash. All right, moving on um, to... What do you want to do? Electra or monkey meat? Do Electra, because it's right in front of me. <laughs> All right. All right. From Marvel Comics, we have Electra, Black, White, and Blood, um, following up from all of their other black, white, and bloods. When we had oh, Deadpool, we had Carnage, Wolverine, Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cottage. It's a cottage industry uh, at, at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I don't see them slowing down anytime soon on that. Yeah, cool cover by uh, John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. There was a Killed lot of cool the- covers. There was a one in twenty-five Sinkovich that we got that was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, we sold that real quick. I'll tell you that. Uh, I also have a um, variant cover by Merca Andolfo. 
And was this also John Boyer-Myers? No, this was just Mark Andolfo. But I loved this one, so that's the one I got. Yeah. Um, this has three different stories in it. Uh, Red Dawn by Charles Soule and Mark Bagley. Um, Not the Devil by Leonardo Romero. And The Crimson Path by Declan Shavely and Simone de Armini. Yeah. Well, let's, I guess, just get into the first one, right? Red yes. Dawn. Red uh, Dawn. Vampires. Be, vampires. Yeah, not to be confused with Red Dawn. At what 1985, yeah. six? Yeah, where, where the Russians invade <laughs> yes. America? Yeah, and, then the, and teenagers toiled the, <laughs> the their plans. <laughs> the remake that was going to be China, and then China was like, "Don't do this," so they changed it to North Korea. Yep. <laughs> after the movie was over, yeah. <laughs> Red Dawn. Just make it vampires. It'll be safer. Yes, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that. It, vampires invade hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> a bunch of teenagers stop them in the woods <laughs> <laughs> perfect why haven't they yeah. made that movie <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway uh she gets attacked i mean this art looks super cool i thought i thought the art was the best in this one mm -hmm. actually, um, i liked the second one but well i'm not a big fan of mark bagley's art but i think it actually looks better with these colors for sure or just with the black white and red um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of of the belief that a lot of the digital coloring doesn't do much for the art. It doesn't flatter it. So yeah. when I can see large swaths of just ink work, yeah, th like this is the best because I'm not a huge fan of him normally, but this does look like really cool I, to me. Yeah, there are some great panels for sure. Um, so, I mean, this story, they're, you know, they're all short and sweet. Um, for some reason, Electra is fighting vampires <laughs> and, yeah. or is this her like mom? I don't know. I was confused <laughs> by it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, uh, th that's why you're buying these books. Yeah. Uh, you want to see Electra kill people with black, white, and red, but, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. she like becomes a vampire. There's some interesting stuff that I, I thought was cool that I've never seen before in a comic where, or anything. <laughs> where she can kind of see the veins inside of people. Oh, that's an old thing. I mean, it's even Is in it? Dracula. Okay. Yeah, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, they do it. And it's, a, yeah, it's definitely a vampire thing. I it's would know. Super, it's a super <laughs> cool effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I mean, they definitely make it more red. Usually, oh, because they're only using those colors. But yeah, and a lot of, I think Interview with the Vampire, they do it too. Um, which I just watched, rewatched again because uh, R.I.P. and Rice, and uh, they yeah usually they show it a little bit more blue or glowy or something um, just to show it. So yeah, that's definitely definitely been used. Um, but yeah, they so these vampires turn her. She has a daughter at home, right? Uh, so she knows she has to destroy herself. Says goodbye to her daughter, and then gives her life up so she doesn't hurt anyone very noble yeah. electra <laughs> waits for sunrise and then we get that super cool not full page splash but a splash panel of like her corpse just melting and it looks pretty cool that was it yeah that was my favorite, my favorite yeah that it was awesome that's is very cool and then a uh, really good effect just using the orange for the daughter's hair yeah to make her pop um i guess that's it 
<laughs> cheated. It's a cheat. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's a little bit of yellow in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed when that page, I was just like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't yeah. black, white, blood and orange. Yeah. We're close. Vaguely. <laughs> Though I have seen someone who had kind of orangey blood once. Really? Yeah, this girl cut herself. I worked at a restaurant and she cut herself and her blood was like red orange. And I was like, whoa, I have never seen blood that color. Like, that's interesting. She's like, oh, yeah, it's always like that. (laughs) She's like, everyone's blood is orange. Didn't you know? (laughs) I mean, it wasn't orange. It was like red orange. But still, it's not that we're used to a red. And I was like, okay, I guess people are different all over. I don't know. Uh, our next story um, is more of like a typical Electra story, I thought. Uh, I yeah. love the art in this one. I thought this was great. I mean, it's more of that like pulpy, you know, style art. Um, I thought it was really good, the art for sure. And yeah, this is like mm-hmm. her just peak assassin Electra. Yeah. Um, but it does t- kind of like tie more into like her origins of... Uh, having parents that are killed uh in front of her and yeah. she's gonna do the same thing to a, a gangster that she's been hired to assassinate um but this guy has his daughter with him so she's kind of like taken aback by that um but eventually does not stop her and she still no. has to do her job <laughs> i like that the daughter kicks her i know <laughs> it was this that one moment of hesitation that's all it took and then this girl just like kicks her in the neck yep. and she like flies off the car you know <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great um so yeah this is leonardo romero i feel like we've seen did he do some of the fantastic four life stories or i feel like we've seen his art very recently and something else huh um, i don't know i do really like the art i mean it it, it's pretty clearly digital, but I like all the screen, like, you know, the screen tone textures he's using and stuff. Yeah. It really, like, I mean, I just love that sort of aesthetic. So it does, like, good things for my brain and my eyes when I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. All those dots. All the dots. <laughs> love the dots. Um, and then finally, in our last story, um, this is the one I was least attached to even though i do love the like the greek um like statues and stuff kind of coming to life sure Um, and her fighting yeah i like that one where i guess so it's like i was just kind of confused by it because like i don't know a ton of electra so i was like oh did she fight vampires the (laughs) middle one made sense i was like did she fight vampires are there like does she have ties to ancient greece what like, yeah well she has grease or grease yeah she's, <laughs> she is grease <laughs> grease is the word you know grease is the word <laughs> uh yeah well, okay so i think that, this is supposed to be tied to electra assassin maybe because it's kind of like in her head right okay yeah may- maybe so sinkovich is electra's assassin um, or dreams yeah which is a really messed up story and i'm not sure if if that's still canon or not but it's a pretty messed up story where um you know she's supposedly sexually assaulted at five years old um yeah and she goes 
crazy after that. Like her memories are wiped and then she starts having like, or her memories start coming back like very slowly and she goes insane and her father, I think commits her to an, uh, an asylum. Um, so yeah. Dark. I should, uh, I should read, read that one. I, I have yeah. it. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. It's a, it's pretty good. I recommend it, but yeah, it's not, not for the faint of heart. Um, sure. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I she, think it's kind of, uh, ties into that. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I like with this one, one, like at least artifact, cause she's, she's just black and white at first. And yeah. this one literally like, as she fights all these red, I don't know, demon statues or something. Right. Or their blood continues to spill on her costume until at the end the blood seems to have formed her elect traditional electra costume like it looks it evokes what she normally looks like right because of the blood stains which i thought was pretty cool i like that too yeah and the uh she there's one of the demons she goes like uh she's talking about men Mm-hmm. There are those who have tried to claim me, yes. who control me. Some were evil, some were good. One I willingly offered myself to. That would be Daredevil. Matt Murdock. Yep. And then, but he that that statue looks like a demon. And then the next panel is, but none could ever keep me. And she has decapitated the one that is clearly clearly evoking, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I, I liked that. Yeah. Um, I may be a weapon, but I am no one's tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, talking about it more now makes me like it more. <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's just a lot denser. Like it it this one more than the other ones values like a rereading just to be like, what are you guys doing? What's the theme thing? Here? What are you doing? And then like, right, it just needed to be flushed out more than the other two. Yeah, and I mean, most of these people are not used to writing short stories. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, they make full issues, if not six issue runs, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. So I also like that, that because, you know, Marvel has this long, well, all comics have a long history of shorts and they don't really do that anymore. So it's cool that these black, white and bloods at the least, I mean, I like that I get to see, you know, more just line art, but also like that, yeah, you're getting little short stories. If you don't like it, go to the next one, you know? Right. Or even just like the um, like the wasp one shot we read, you know, a few weeks ago, like those stories too, where they can just have complete creative control to do anything they want. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That, that was a wasp darkhold. For... Yeah, darkhold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which that, was that cool. Was so great. Yeah. And neither of us read any other darkhold. And no. it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I actually tried. That. I tried to read the one from last week. There was a Scarlet Witch one but it was like the Omega and apparently you did have to read all of the other ones to figure out what was going on. I was like, I have no idea what's happening in this. And it made absolutely no sense <laughs> and, yeah. and wasn't good. Like the Dordie Blair one at all. So yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So that was a uh, Electra black, white and blood. And there's going to be yeah. more. Apparently it says, wait till the next issue. Yeah, I think they're all aren't haven't they been four issue minis? Yeah, either four. And then or they col- and then they collect them into the oversized uh, X Men Grand Design format right. or tre- Marvel Treasury, whatever the modern the Treasury Marvel size. Treasury. Yeah, 
-hmm. which is cool too because i mean most like the fact that these are shorts too also allows these artists to maybe spend a little bit more time and care um because they only have to do eight pages instead of 22 or right 80 you know yep. <laughs> so it's cool that they print them big and then you get to see it later yeah uh, all right uh moving on we're gonna do junie Ba's monkey meat from image comics a new thrilling anthology so this is number one in this yeah mm -hmm. they have yeah. a uh, a description on image okay. yeah. um which I wish I had read before I read it. Um, <laughs> so Juni Ba introduces a new fantasy universe in this anthology series. The Monkey Meat Company made its fortune, fortune selling cans of processed meat all around the world. Using that money to fuel their wacky experiments, they turned their native island into a magical hyper-capitalist hellscape where even demons have to pay rent. Follow the lives of the creatures of Monkey Meat Island in this fun, action-packed romp. Each issue has its own story. All right. Yeah, I kind of wish I read something about this first as well. <laughs> it was a little chaotic. Um, Super but, chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Junie Ba's kind of new on the comic scene, but did have a breakout hit from TKO uh, that... I'm going to totally mess up saying this. It was Dijaya, I think. Yeah. Um, I no, okay. Well, it was a graphic novel, came out. It was uh, kind of like an African, um, like, story, folktale, I'll say. Uh, and we actually got it in like a, over a year ago. And then all of a sudden, everybody started coming in asking for it. Um, oh. Yeah. So, totally, totally a cool breakout for this comic creator. Um, and I is this it's i think it's a four issue mini series or a five issue mini series four or five i'm not sure yeah i think it's five issues um and it's going to be done by different people each issue oh okay so this yeah. is actually juni ba yeah. but the other ones won't be it'll just be under the umbrella okay that's why it's yes. called juni ba's monkey okay right so they came up with the the whole universe, but then other writers or artists are going to do the other following issues. Okay. Right. Um, so the, yeah, the very first page I got definitely like Ren and Stimpy vibes or like, a, like a mix between Andrew McLean, I think, and like Ren and Stimpy. Oh, totally. Totally. Uh, we recently watched some Ren and Stimpy. Uh -huh. Some of it way more disgusting than I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, it's gross. But the one where his teeth fall out mm -hmm. and he's like plucking his nerve endings out oh, of his it's like yes. whoa, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Like, why are he why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it definitely uh some Spumco or John K sort yeah. of vibes in the art here for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the kid like drooling. So there's like a monkey meat can. Um, so it's like an, the very first page is like an advertisement for monkey meat food cans. It says, in these tough times when food is so scarce, what's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? The monkey meat. Yes, monkey meat in cans. Don't make that face. You haven't tried it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the bottom, it says, nourishing and tasty with its 99% real eight meat, 
This top-of-the-line dish is a favorite of families everywhere. Even little Timmy here can't stop raving about it. And little Timmy yeah. is like drooling with like glazed eyes at the monkey meat can. Yeah, like not not healthy. No. Uh, it's so like, yeah, like 1950s ads or something. Yeah. And that's, so that's what we're getting into like right away. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so mm, we're going to be going to this weird world where everyone's eating ape meat <laughs> yeah and then um i like that the assembly line workers are monkeys and uh -huh. it's like we stop at nothing to give you the best even give of ourselves like right. they're like filling the cans but it's like they're using their body parts to put right yeah one is can. yeah one is like taking their hand off another one is like plucking his eyeball out like it's pretty dark <laughs> Yeah, it's all drawn like the car the, the the art is very fun and chaotic and super cartoony. Mm -hmm. I liked all the art. Uh, it was hard to follow as we've kind of yeah, stated. Yeah. But the, the design is like super fun. Like honestly, I'm really into a lot of it. Yeah, the design is gorgeous. Um, they go to Monkey Meat Island, so that's where this big corporation uh is making all of these or all of this delightful monkey meat food that we are all supposedly going to eat i they don't really tell you like if it's the dystopian world but that's the sense i got like you know <laughs> we're at the yeah. end of days and now we're all going to be eating monkey meat yeah i did think it was interesting <laughs> that both swamp thing green hell yeah. and monkey meat has like you know people surviving on an island yeah. like after some apocalyptic event that's vague it's like oh okay so the real future right <laughs> um so yeah then we have I, I guess this is where i got like really kind of mixed up i i wasn't sure if these were like demons um that were on the island and I, they were the ones running the corporations um so yeah, I didn't get it at first, but mm -mm. then in the, it says it in the uh, the description that even demons have to pay the rent or whatever. Right. Yeah. After I finished the the issue, I went and looked it up as well, and that's when I was like, "Oh, okay, demons." So they're running, they're running the corporations, and they also live on this weird magical island. Got it. And God yeah. is a part of it too, somewhere. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a there's the salesman monkey right. who is so good he could get God to sign the contract. You know, he could sell to God. Yeah. And then yeah, God gives them souls. It's all really weird and really chaotic. I mean, like when I first read through it without knowing anything, I just was like, okay, so there's like I think I all I wrote was manic graffiti art and chemical experiments and anti-capitalist themes that's all i got like i got all of that out of there but i was like what's what what's the story yeah i wrote the company is making a new drink which has 216 secret ingredients the island is full of demons question mark and mutating <laughs> monsters and all sorts of other strange creatures which they experiment on relentlessly that's all I, that's what i got yeah. <laughs> pretty much I mean, pretty much what happens it, um yeah and yeah. then there's like one main guy uh that like kind of is their security for the entire island they have lots of little security guys but he's like the main dude that they can't control right 
Yeah, the big dude. Yeah, the big dude. He kind of goes insane, like, towards the end of the issue. Um, yeah. It, it's all threaded very strange. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely something you'd have to read a few times. Because um, they're they're about to release the six, 216 compounds, like right. you were saying. and mm-hmm. But that's also what they use to, like, control these creatures and make them into their workers right um and supposedly this has been the plan the whole time uh with their their big security guy was to use him to make like the final ingredient i guess for this new product they're going to release so yeah after i read it twice i was like oh okay (laughs) i guess i mean it's it's pretty like I don't think this is a me or you thing. I think it's like, it could have used some revision in the writing, you yes. know? Um, and especially if this, you're saying this person's new to the scene, yeah. um, often with, there are great artists, which I would say this person is a great sure. artist. Yeah. Um, and like, I want to see more comics drawn by this person. They got to work on the storytelling chops. You know, it's, uh, yeah. the pacing is very strange. And often I'm was confused and taken out of the experience because I really yeah. didn't want to engage with it, but yeah, it, it, it did push me out a little bit. Yeah, I agree completely. So maybe in the next issue, um, we will see a little bit more containment with the story. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's gonna, it's still going to be like in this universe, they even say a can of soul juice reveals his inner self or hero. Like, so yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. the next person will be able to like rein it in a little bit. Um, because I am interested in the story. It was really cool. Um, Definitely. And I, I, I really <laughs> I really like the character designs and stuff. Yeah. They're they're really fun. Um and like I, I would want to watch this cartooned. Oh yeah, absolutely. I could totally see this like on be, Network. Oh yeah, it'd be chaotic as hell, but like yeah, it'd be very fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. So that was monkey meat. Monkey meat number one from Image. All right, we've reached the the vintage vintage roundup. We're heading up to the attic. We're heading up to the attic. If you've never been to the (laughs) attic before, it's in the store. There's a big sign that says vintage comics upstairs. You might have walked past it a million times. There's a secret doorway to the stairs. Yeah, it really velvet rope. that you can just ask us about and you may enter our whole other world. Yeah. So we're going to be doing um, on each episode talking about a vintage comic from the upstairs or elsewhere, you know, just classic vintage comics. And uh, which one, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're going to be doing Detective Comics number 359. And if you're not familiar with Detective, this is the first appearance of the new Batgirl at the time, Barbara Gordon. Was there a Batgirl before that? Yes. The first Batgirl was Bet Kane or Betty Kane. And she came out in 1961. Um, Uh. This issue came out in 1967. Um, So Bet Kane uh, was uh, Kathy Kane's niece. And Kathy Kane is the first Batwoman. Oh, okay. Um, and so just a little history about that. 
uh, in, I think it was, so 1954 was the SOTI hearings, right? Um, and seduction of the innocent in case. Yeah. Yeah. Other but it was 54, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And basically they told DC that Robin and Batman were having um, like, you know, relationships that they shouldn't have been. Have. Yeah, they were homoerotic. They're homoerotic. Yeah, in in the pages of the Batman comics, which was yeah, that was one of Frederick Wortham's main points in comics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so in 1956, uh, Kathy Kane was introduced uh, for a love interest for Batman, Got and it. that was supposed to like fix all of that. But then Robin still didn't have anybody. So in 1961, they introduced uh, Betty Kane and was like, here you go, Robin. Now you have somebody to love as well. And so Batwoman and Batgirl were both introduced. Even though Robin's like nine years old. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he wasn't. (laughs) He was a teenager. Is he a teenager? (laughs) Yeah, he was a teenager at that point. (laughs) I look at him and I'm like, so there's a 12 year old and then uh, she's like in her 20s or something, at least in this one. I don't know about the I don't I hope this bad girl's not set up to be a love interest. That's the previous one, right? Yeah, we're talking about the previous one. Okay, because yeah, this lady's she's a she's a lady. She has a Ph.D. So she's at least like 25. (laughs) And he is definitely a little boy. Yes, he's definitely a much younger than this one yeah um so yeah and then yeah like i said 1967 we get barbara gordon uh the new bat girl and they pushed bet kane out <laughs> no more bet kane, betty kane sorry how, how how like hollywood right what are you uh what are you you're, you're 20 years old get out of here you're done mm-hmm. you're washed up um, um, so the writer of the story was uh, Gardner Fox, uh-huh. penciled by Carmine Infantino, inked by Sid Green, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, and uh, probably the idea of editor Julius, one Julius Schwartz, Julie Schwartz. Oh, Julius Schwartz. Drives me crazy. You know, he hated the Joker. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. he didn't like clowns. No, he thought the Joker was too evil. Oh. Um, thought he was a psychopath, which he is. <laughs> right? So yes. he didn't want, there's very few Joker issues of Batman and Detective while Julia Schwartz was the editor. Um, and that's why it gets so crazy during the Silver Age for Detective and Batman, because uh, he didn't want Batman to fight uh, gangsters or like, evil super villains he just wanted him to fight like aliens and like weird shit like that and the killer moth gang oh yeah the killer god the killer moth gang these guys designs are pretty weak Uh (laughs) uh-huh absolutely (laughs) thanks julius (laughs) i mean i uh no no shame on uh carmine infantino he's 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 great like it, it looks great i mean the the composition, everything like looks good. Those guys are just kind of silly looking. Yeah, they look like Muppets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're little helmets. 
And then like one of them's name is Pupa and one of them's name is Larva. Larva. I know. (laughs) Real creative. (laughs) It's like, I'm Killer Moth. You're Pupa, you're Larva. You know, like I wear the pants around here. (laughs) They really dug deep for those names. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It is insane. Oh, sorry. Oh, you know, I was going to say, so Barbara Gordon and her uh, Princess Leia buns too. This is way before words but i kind of i kind of think they got this design a little bit for princess leia i've heard he's read some comics in his time Mm -hmm. i I heard lucas has um yeah she's a gotham city librarian she is also daughter of uh one commissioner james gordon is he commissioner at this time yeah 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 um and she's well okay she's drawn gorgeous and yet in her mind the world thinks I'm just a plain Jane, a colorless female brain. <laughs> and she has a PhD. It's like, oh yeah, this gorgeous lady with a PhD, like, uh, get out of here. Get out of get here. here with your brain. Dame. You're just a dame. Yeah. You're no use to anybody. <laughs> uh, so she sews herself uh, a costume, not to be Batgirl. She didn't intend to go fight crime. She was just going to the policeman's ball, uh, which is a costume party, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this, uh, yeah, so a lot of this text is very dated, of course, because it's 1967. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, shocking, right? <laughs> Not as bad as the backup story, but we'll get there. We'll get there, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this Batgirl costume really does things for me, she says. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> shocking. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's gonna go save uh, Bruce Wayne. This is her her big plan. Well, she's on the way, and she sees Bruce Wayne getting kidnapped by the right. Killer the Moth Gang. Right. And so she, armed with her brown belt in judo, yeah. takes on three full grown men with weapons. Uh, she totally whoops them and is like, "Bruce Wayne, get out of here!" Mm-hmm. Even though, like. Right, he's still like six three, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run away, run away, little meek man! And then he runs into the woods and changes his clothes, and then he comes back, and then uh, like a sledgehammer in the night or something. Yeah. Uh, then out of the night time darkness, a mighty fist swinging like a sledgehammer, <laughs> and he just beats the shit out of him. Oh, and they fly away, but they make a big point of like they can't just be flying; they have wires. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what are the wires? What are the wires to? for? <laughs> what are they attached to? Where right? are they? Are they is on there the like trees? A, is <laughs> there not... a moth ship floating? <laughs> like, what's going on? And what are uh, those pants? Sorry, I just have to get into those leggings. <laughs> it's moths it's wear leggings like that. They're like I, green and I, yellow, or green and orange. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a poor color scheme for sure. Color scheme. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so she kind of saves Batman because he didn't want to, you know, whoop them all as Bruce Wayne. Otherwise, they'll be they'll know. Right. And uh, they they find out the next day. Uh, Bruce finds out um, why he was attacked because Killer Moth wants all the millionaires to hand over a hundred thousand dollars or die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's a hundred thousand dollars in 1967 what do we think that translates to today's money 
I mean, a lot of money. Right. Is that like a million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars? Probably. I mean, to compare, we do have this random editor's note about a perfect copy of a book sold in 1947 for 151000 the yes. third highest price ever paid for a book up to that time. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine how much that book is worth today. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Unless it's one of those random things where people are like, oh, yeah, we don't care anymore, you know? Now give me Action Comics number one for two million. So converted to today, uh, $100,000 would be $832,000. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> um, so then, uh, yeah, uh, she's training in the basement of the library and uh, goes to visit Wayne Manor and finds Bruce Wayne seemingly dead <gasps> no not bruce wayne <laughs> so she dresses up as batgirl and then attacks killer moths gang again once again brown belt and judo that's all you need you can fight organized crime brown belt and judo in a cool suit why couldn't she be a black belt like why did they I, have to like <laughs> i know i don't get it <laughs> there's still much to learn so, yeah i guess maybe that's what they're like she has to be trained still like <laughs> sure but Batman there's more than <gasps> i think Lame. there's more than just judo but <laughs> this was the judo. 60s judo was like the the hot like i've seen it like parodied in you know other comics and or stuff parodying the time where it's like yeah one one when one masters judo one can take out any foe <laughs> Um, and also let's just get to the million dollar debut of Batgirl where she has to, they have to show her putting on her costume. Um, yeah. <laughs> so her fingers pull at her skirt, which reverses and becomes a cape yeah. as her hand hits the rolled brim of her beret. What? She's wearing a beret that turns into the cow. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. She's yeah. <laughs> same color scheme too, by the way. It's like, Mm -hmm. You're still wearing bright yellow boots. Well, that was probably really cool in 1967, to be fair. Very mod. Yeah. And her bright yellow handbag reverses itself to form her specially designed weapons belt. Yeah. She, I mean, she's a girl on the go. She has to have everything right there. She is functional. I will give her that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that looked like that was an easier page to draw for Carmine. Oh, yeah, just blank in the background. Just blank backgrounds and three torsos. <laughs> I will say this one is not as bad as it might be two or three issues on from here where she gets a run in her stockings and suddenly can't fight. So, yeah, it does get I mean, worse from here. <laughs> definitely. I mean, Batman does undercut her every chance he gets, oh, every chance. Like, she saved him and he's like you ruined the plan like and it's like oh okay uh well how am i supposed to know um they're trapped in their like anti-gravity thing and mm -hmm. she saves him and he's like she's like that was cool how i saved you and he's like actually i would have used my laser torch don't worry about it though like <laughs> right he's feeling very threatened because a librarian with a brown belt in judo is taking on his you know evil crime syndicate and he's like god you're making me look bad. Goddamn lady. <laughs> this goddamn dame. Um, Even Robin, too, really throws her under the bus. 
<laughs> my, my favorite part in the whole thing is when they're hiding in the closet, watching her fight the gang by herself. Yep. And, and he's like, holy interference. She's ruining all our plans. Besides, she makes terrible puns. <laughs> Robin, master of puns. Master of puns. <laughs> but she kicks them all. She kicks all their asses by herself. She doesn't need them. No. And they don't even help her. They're just like, why are they hiding in there without, without helping her either? Fucking lame, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. Hiding in a closet. Uh-oh. While more, a woman's out there doing the work. More subtext. More yeah. subtext. The SOTI are going to be after you again. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Um, uh, but good things come after, right? Like, you know, they have her riding a motorcycle. She does pick yeah. everybody up. Um, so and she did all this. Yeah. She didn't have help from Batman to do this. Yeah. Like, she... She put a motorcycle in the trunk of her car, put a bat logo on it. She created her weapons belt. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff. Like, yeah. it, it, they don't make a big deal of it, but the point is she did this. Right. So, like, I could totally see, like, in 1967, especially like, being, like, a young girl and reading this and being super excited, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, and, I mean, she looks amazing. The The, the look is instantly iconic yep uh, i have many pieces of this comic uh on my arm <laughs> yeah. like that too. <laughs> you know because it is such a great piece of history um as much as we are making fun of it like definitely at this time i think this is a huge step in comics um oh yeah yeah and i still i mean i'll make fun of it all day long but i'm still enjoying oh it. yeah you know it's just like it's a different type of enjoyment i mean that's for me, what most rare is a vintage comic where I read it and I'm like, God damn, that was a good yarn. You know, like right. normally <laughs> there are some, you know, the spider, the early Spider-Mans, you know, all sorts of stuff. But most yeah. of them are like, whoa, that was weird. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like moments that I remember rather than right, like this overarching story ain't much. But the moments where you see her, you know, doing stuff are really cool yeah uh so eventually they all join up together and they all take down the killer moth and his larva and pupa bad guys yeah <laughs> um and save the day they track them down by using uh the smell of her perfume <laughs> yeah she is able to detect her perfume which yeah. rubbed off on killer moth Mm -hmm. when she fought him the first time yes apparently she's a bloodhound as well <laughs> yeah which i was like that's crazy she's wearing the perfume yeah how would you what I like like i said that... bloodhound <laughs> yeah she has lots <laughs> of skills <laughs> women have a great sense of smell yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it they... is superior i have heard yes <laughs> and it seems to be have been put to the test i can't smell for shit so i don't know yeah uh, Mark can't either. I, I have the best sense of smell. He can't smell anything. So <laughs> there you there go. There you go. <laughs> Proven. Proven. Right here. Uh, and then at the, the very end of the story, too, we also have uh, her 
smirking with tiny little hands. I don't know what's going on with this panel. <laughs> like when she's they're very tiny. Up, they're so tiny. Um, yeah. And Commissioner Gordon is uh, in the background uh, while she's reading her book and says, "That Batgirl sure is tops in my book. Humph. Too bad you couldn't be a little more like her, Babs." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take that as like a, a not how it's written. I'm gonna take that as like. Oh, he likes to je- joke like that because his daughter's awesome. Yeah. And he's just joking. Right. But uh, that is not how they intended it. No. <laughs> he's just shaming his daughter. Why are you more like this fat girl? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, dummy. Like right. two of the closest people in your life are actually Batman and Batwoman, Batgirl. You don't know shit. You're a terrible you anything. Person. You're a terrible cop. <laughs> You're the worst detective ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why Batman's there. All right, let's get into the uh, backup story and then quickly some news. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so there is definitely a, uh, a stretchy guy, um, you know, hierarchy in the uh, comics universe. You know, we got uh, Plastic Man, the right. coolest. Yep. Reed Richards, who, very cool character, but, you know, the less. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then we have, and like, I'm sure there's 12 other people in between. There's an Elastigirl, right? All, right. The, all of those people are in there. And at the bottom, the elongated man. <laughs> oh, the elongated man who has the uh, costume of one of the challengers of the unknown for some reason. Because um, yeah. they didn't have to design a new costume. No, <laughs> they're like, well, no one cares about these characters anyway, so we'll just use use this one and then give him this terrible name, and now we have this guy. Yeah, uh, and they had Plastic Man when they yes. created Elongated Man, right. and I guess the story goes they had forgotten <laughs> that they and had. They're Plastic like, Man? and then they were like, we need a stretchy guy, make up a stretchy guy, but they already had Plastic Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's like all all these detective comics issues could have had plastic man backups also he's a police officer so would have made sense yeah would have made total sense. <laughs> um but let's uh just, let's just read this text pretty like real quick uh because this just again goes into how dated these comics are and it's hilarious so it yeah. must have been sheer intuition that prompted ralph the elongated man, Dibney, to go in or to go to a masquerade party dressed as a gay 90s cop. For on the way there, he became involved with a tricky taxi that drove him straight into the crooked mess of mayhem. Uh, he's a gay 90s cop. He looks like a gay 90s cop. <laughs> By the yeah, way, let's... this is the 1890s. <laughs> yes, for context, people, we're not just talking about a gay 90s cop like though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just all very, very strange. The whole, like, the writing in here, you think it's lame? Uh, okay, by, by the way, writer John Broom, sorry to throw you under the bus, sir. Uh, Pencils and Ink, Murphy Anderson, he's yeah. doing his best. It's very clean. It is. Um, but, uh, like, that, we thought, I thought that first story was, like, a little hokey here and there. This is, like, basically unreadable at this point like i looked at i did read it but mm-hmm. it's very rough 
Uh, it is very rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a basic story of elongated man and his wife, girlfriend. They're going to a party, a masquerade yeah. party. He says wife. It's wife. his wife. Okay. Right. And they are, then, you know, he sees a crime in action. So he's got to go take care of business for some reason. <laughs> it's a really shitty crime, too. Like, it's not even like a fun crime. Yeah, so some guy is like has a fake taxi and then he's picking up like affluent people, right. gassing them, robbing them, then putting them in another taxi. And then when they show up late, he's just like, traffic, sorry. Yeah. But uh, here's a bit of dialogue here as they're uh, figuring this out. Oops, there goes Ralph's mystery smelling nose doing a regular fandango. And then <laughs> his wife says, Oh no! What's making that shivery schnozola of yours twitch now? <laughs> schnozola. Shivery schnozola. Oh. Uh, this was the swing in sixties, after all. But like, all this stuff sounds like Austin Powers dialogue. Yeah, and it almost sounds even earlier too in the sixties, <laughs> like forties ish, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's see. Uh, one John Broom. What year was John Broom? Oh, John old. Broom was born in the year 1913. Yep. <laughs> I was like, he's an old one because he was writing Golden Age comics. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hard to keep up with changing times. I mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. So, Elongated Man does a lot of. Uh, you know stretchy things it's real boring the the stretch able sleuth telescopes his malleable body you know i i don't know what to say more about this they use like a car wash and like you're all washed up a lot of really bad puns are, are yeah. happening robin should be peeking out of the closet in this one and being like his puns <laughs> are so bad he should every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so that, the crooks also like he, he's stealing secrets like trade secrets and stuff yeah it has to do with like the people they're gonna go hang out with later at the masquerade ball so he gets like rewarded at the end with a bindi <laughs> for his wife <laughs> i yeah i guess so they have like a gwen stefani moment at the end where his wife puts on the bindi for the masquerade ball i was like Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, she complains at the beginning that she's like, I don't have one. It's not authentic. Yeah. My costume. Yeah. And then, like, that's the end of the story. It's like, dun, 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 dun. there you go. Like, okay. Oh. Eight pages. It was only eight. It's not even full eight pages. It no. felt like a long It read. felt like a really long story. There was a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost nothing to attach myself to in that like yeah. that is yeah i do not recommend elongated man <laughs> backup stories to yeah. people have you ever sold an elongated man collection has anybody ever come yeah. in and been like hey do you have uh elongated man archives i'm yeah. really interested in this guy like i just i just ordered the elongated man omnibus online it was on sale <laughs> it's only 80 bucks <laughs> jesus we're like 30 bucks <laughs> yeah. still not worth it <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was our first roundup of the vintage corner what do we call it vintage vintage, vintage yeah. the vintage I mean, attic roundup i don't know well, we'll, figure well it out. 
together. <laughs> if anybody has suggestions, uh, leave a comment somewhere or come into the shop and just give someone the title. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing Marvel next next time. We're going to do a, a classic issue. We'll leave it a mystery, but it'll be a Marvel book. Okay. Um, let's get into some quick news. Uh, oh, this was just dropped this morning. So after a lengthy wait, the boys showrunner, Eric Kripke, finally revealed that the third season of the dark superhero satire will premiere on Prime Video June 3rd, 2022. I'll be there. Hell yeah. There's a brief trailer. It's not even really a trailer. It's like a tease, a very, very short tease um, on Eric Kripke's uh, Twitter so if you want to watch that, you can do that. It's a, basically just like a news conference um, for them and no one talks. So it's not very exciting, but. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. they, they already sold me with yeah. the first two seasons. So. Well, they did say in the article, um, this is on uh, CBR.com, by the way. Basically, it's going to be the craziest first episode of any show ever. And they took so many risks and you're not going to want to miss it. So cool. I expect lots of death. <laughs> yeah, I hope it lives up to it. And weird, weird milk drinking from Homelander. Oh, no more uh, weird milk drinking. I don't think I can watch any more of that. That's his thing. He loves <laughs> no, it. <laughs> but not just any milk. <laughs> Yes, of a certain course. type of milk. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that. All right. Um, so also, we'll know that uh, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, dropped last week. There's a new episode on Wednesday. You didn't watch the second episode, though, right? I did not watch the second episode, but I, I, I am going to today, and uh, we can talk about it next time in maybe the third or fourth or whatever. Wow, um, they're gonna do three and four and one. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Well, we do every two weeks, right? Did you like, yeah. Did you like the first episode? I did quite a bit. Um, I, so I, I don't know. I think we had talked about maybe the Mandalorian. Maybe that was an off mic conversation, but yeah. I really liked when he, Boba Fett did show up in uh, Mandalorian and he was mm -hmm. like, not in the Boba Fett mask and stuff. Right. Um, it, it's the actor. His name is, uh, apologies if I pronounce, mispronounce it. Temuria Morrison right um and uh, I believe he's a Maori actor and yeah. I like how they brought um you know the Maori weaponry and stuff into that like mm -hmm. if it had just been Boba Fett showing up as Boba Fett I don't think I would have been nearly as excited about that um it just it was a different take on it and I like I hear people online being like keep the helmet on and I'm like no, like he's not a Mandalorian, like, so yeah, exactly. Also, we have an entire show where a dude keeps a, the mask on the whole time. It's a pretty similar mask. Let right. him put it on when he's going to fight. Cool, but you know, I, I I really like the actor. I love that they brought this guy back to like, you know, play this character more. Or I guess he never played Boba Fett. He played Jango Fett, but he's a right. clone. So. Yeah, he's a clone. It's the same thing. Um, I really like it, you know, the story just basically being like he has taken over Jabba's syndicate and now it's like there's a new sheriff, crime syndicate sheriff in town. Yeah, and then there's that, the mayor, who you'll meet in the second episode too. So he's going to have like a war 
kind of with that character who's very interesting. Um, the first episode also is called Stranger in a Strange Land, um, which was referencing or a nod to Robert A. Heinlein's 1961 sci-fi book. That's what everyone's thinking anyways. Yeah. Um, but I also, I, I wasn't like super crazy about the first episode. I liked it, but I wasn't like, you know, the first Mandalorian episode where I was just like mind exploded because uh, that one yeah. was so good. Uh, but the second episode, which I'm not going to spoil or talk about right now is just like gets me so on board like it really like just set in stone like okay now this is where that's where we're at um cool. i know it, you know which happens in first episodes you kind of have to introduce everybody and it might be a little bit slow or whatever but um yeah. he's great in the second episode um, uh first episode directed by robert rodriguez i think the second one is too right? uh it looks no? here it says steph green oh okay well i'm steph not green? No. Oh, Steph. Steph, Steph Green. I was like, Seth Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that'd be, that'd be fun. Oh, okay. Uh, Steph Green. She's done a lot of uh, TV. Luke okay. Cage, The Man in the High Castle, Bates Motel, Preacher, Billions, American Gothic, lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I love that. And I'm, I'm going to credit like John Favreau for this, for like, bringing the grit back because yeah. like Mandalorian really focuses on this this is like you know it's Tatooine so it's super gritty you know like this he goes to a Moss Eisley um I just I like the like the vibes in general of this tv stuff more than any Star Wars I've seen since the original stuff like yeah I love the the vibe and it's like there's hit and misses in there but it's like the general vibe is so good yeah and yeah there's so many good callbacks in it too and I'm like I we always wanted to know how he escaped the Sarlacc pit and we finally get to see that and where he ended up you know with the Tuscan Raiders you know saving him um and yeah, that's so interesting. Like you mentioned before, um, the Maori weapon, and now that gets tied in too with the um, with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're just continuously world building while also doing throwbacks as well. Um, yeah. So I think any like big Star Wars fan is gonna love picking out all those little Easter eggs too, and you get totally. so much more of that with Episode Two as well. Yeah, more sand people. I mean, at least in episode one, more sand people than we've ever gotten. Oh, yeah. Actual characters that are sand people, which, I mean, ever since I was like a little kid, they're in my top three Star Wars designs. They oh, look yeah. so cool. They have always looked so cool. And I mean, never unmask them. I don't no. ever want to know. No. I, I don't think they will. But like, no, I love that we're getting like characters, you know, of, yeah. of them. And that one. I guess maybe it's in the second one. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I just heard something on my mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, and then you also get the creatures too. Um, and yeah, obviously you have the banthas. Um, yeah. and they live off the banthas by drinking their milk. Um, and then those little, the new like dog reptile creatures that they use as well for hunting. Um, yeah, so all of that is so much fun and just reminds you why you loved uh, Star Wars in the first place, so. Uh, yeah, I think we can watch more of that. I, I've gotten pretty jaded by Star Wars, but yeah, <laughs> The Mandalorian and this have really like 
done a lot of work to make the you know like bring that love for it back um yeah so i am thankful for that uh i think that yeah the shows are probably better at this point maybe so i would i would say most assuredly like i'm i want to see that ahsoka show you know yeah. when she showed up in mandalorian i was like mm -hmm. oh well this is what we haven't been getting this is like that the ma I mean, it's a fantasy series, yeah. but then absolutely. most of the stuff seems to focus on the war and mech and the, the ships and stuff, which is like, obviously cool to me, but like, I want to see like, you know, wizards, space wizards, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Do you have any recommendations that you've been watching movies, shows, anything else you want to wreck for the week? Um, I've been watching um so well i just read watchmen so again you know a <laughs> millionth time uh reread that people it's so good um but as for stuff i've been watching uh i watched i've been watching a few like older uh classic anime movies um vampire hunter d really cool mm -hmm. uh wicked city really cool um just been getting into that vibe uh, of stuff and that's mostly what I've been watching just been making a lot of comics well that's good too <laughs> yes Important. uh I've been I would definitely want to recommend uh if you have Showtime Yellow Jackets I think it's one of the best shows on right now it's uh Christina Ricci uh Juliette Lewis a uh, bunch of other people <laughs> but those are the main the main ladies and that's about a soccer team teenage soccer team who gets uh their plane crashes in like the remote uh forest in the middle of nowhere uh and they become cannibals and have to survive for like 24 yeah. months yeah so i think that shows amazing and then i uh, started wheel of time i think that's really good too that robert jordan robert e jordan show i wasn't like sure about it i never read the books though i've heard people who read the books like don't like it at all <laughs> <laughs> sure but who's oh. gonna read 17 books that yeah. never got it didn't even get finished by him yeah exactly so i don't care i think it's really good so check that out if you need a fantasy fix um, okay yeah those are the two shows i've been watching and then movies well we all loved spider-man right i don't even think we talked about it yet but oh haven't we i mean no, let's but... get into it then should we or maybe we'll save it to the next episode because i think it's going to take too long to <laughs> go sure. through all of that but uh yeah, i saw it i saw it twice you saw it yeah. twice damn yeah i'll well, i'll have to have there's so many other movies i want to see we're going to go see licorice pizza today i think cool so. uh i want to uh rewatch uh we they do the six dollar uh tuesdays over at the movie theater here so we've been going um and yeah, I want to like redo the rewatch the second and third Matrix and go see the new Matrix it's on Tuesday. Terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> That's what I've heard, but I don't care. And and I seem to have very different opinions from lots of people. True. So uh, it's still I bad. Don't know. <laughs> it's very boring. <laughs> well, all I know is there's one anecdote I heard that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, I guess on set, every time they were like uh, trying to figure out like something, they're like, "How can we do this? Well, we could use the green screen." Kiana would always be like, that's what the machines want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I liked about Matrix was there's like one scene in the boardroom and 
this isn't a spoiler or anything, but basically the or Lana Wachowski is like saying like fuck you to the studio because the studio kept trying to change everything and yeah. that's kind of like a plot for the entire movie is like there's a scene. yeah it's meta it's right? very the meta whole, the whole yeah. movie's meta yeah I mean that's kind of the matrix thing I guess sure. and besides that though it was like why did they make this <laughs> it's a money cash grab that's why I don't know yeah. I'm still gonna go see it all right we'll have fun <laughs> we'll talk about that and we'll spider-man next and time Spider-Man. yes all right uh plugs plug away um yeah you can follow me on instagram um at r-o-b-e-r-t underscore n-e-g-o-e-s-c-o that's my name not just a weird word um <laughs> and yeah i post all my comics there regularly um I have uh, a YouTube account. If you search Google uh, Robert Negoesco, which I just spelled for you, um, you can find uh, some of my other old podcasts and short films and stuff that I've made. Um, Yeah, other than that, uh, that's about it for now. I'm just working on comics. Keep working on those comics. (laughs) Oh, you bet. Uh, Find me, Jessa Balboni, on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, at Escapist Comics, follow us there if you don't already. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you already do, though. Um, We're going to start posting some more vintage comics up on Instagram as well, because that seems to be the place where people like to see that content. Yeah. And uh, a shout out to, um, we had, this is probably a month or two months ago, but uh, um, someone from the UK came into the shop and was a listener of the podcast and they were just visiting someone here and then they came into the shop and just like shout out to all the uh, international listeners i mean to the domestic listeners as well but like yeah it's very cool the idea that you know someone in another country might be enjoying our take on on comics absolutely um, thanks for listening uk yeah and everywhere else in the world we appreciate and- it planet earth and planet earth or not everywhere else in the universe (laughs) oh yeah that's true (laughs) all right thanks so much for listening and remember escape escape into comics (laughs) all right we'll talk to you guys soon i've been jessica balboni i've been robert negoesco bye guys bye